1: What's up everybody, welcome back to part two of the DFS OG's podcast right here on Roto-Grinders, covering everything you need to know for the Sunday games coming off of Thanksgiving, so let me bring in my co-hosts, my OG's, my buddies, Derek Victorious, David Kaplan, and your head chopper, boys, how we doing, ready to talk football here for the Sunday main slate, chop, what's going on, bro?
2: Nada. We, we are ready to talk some Sunday football. If you're listening to this, Thanksgiving is in your rearview mirror. And but the best, maybe the most underrated part of Thanksgiving is those leftovers and those turkey sandwiches with pickles the next day. That's what. That's <laughs> some of my favorite stuff right there.
1: Oh yeah, we we stretched that baby off for a few weeks. My kids are dying. Like after a week, like no more turkey. Like oh, we got we got to keep. <laughs> we do four turkeys. We have everybody over, so there's always a ton of leftovers. So. That stretches out for quite some time. Derek, how are we doing, brother?
3: Yeah, got to love uh, the leftovers for Thanksgiving. Uh, do you guys do any Black Friday shopping? <laughs> oh, no, we talked about this, huh? <laughs> oh, I don't leave the
2: house anymore, man. I, oh. I really don't leave the house anymore, but I'll yeah. get online and check some stuff out. My That's... wife loves
3: it. I don't yeah. know why. She hates crowds, but she loves the Black Friday crowds.
1: No, nope, that's too. That's insane, dude. Then people wait in these lines <laughs> to save like six bucks and like, oh, come on, man. No, yeah. this, this, now, now those places are doing it right. It's just Black Friday like all week. You know, get online, check out our deals. Like, it's a way to do it. You don't need any nut jobs killing each other at Walmart's trying to get a TV for two seventy nine, normally priced two eighty nine. So, <laughs> no. let's talk some football here. Let's start with Cleveland and Cincinnati, Derek. Battle of the AFC North here, two teams. You know, I think there could be a lot of offense in this game. I think there's some guys that are underpriced here. A lot of attractive options in this one. Lead us off here. What do you got?
3: Yeah, as far as the Browns go, I think uh, it's probably going to set up well for Nick Chubb. He's looked really good, uh, you know, ever since they traded away Carlos Hyde. So I think I'll go back to that well. Uh, they're not going to hesitate giving him 20-plus carries in a favorable matchup against, uh, you know, Bengals team that hasn't been able to stop the run all year. It does set up well for Baker Mayfield in the passing game as well, but I think I would rather just lean toward the running game. If I was going to take somebody, um, I'd probably go to Njoku. He's only 3,800. The Bengals, 31st in fantasy points allowed to tight ends this season. I just keep playing Jarvis Landry, and it it hasn't worked out very often this season. So probably not going to go back to that well eventually. Um, (laughs) Got to just cut my losses. Then for the Bengals, Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, A.J. Green if he's active. You know, he was kind of trending toward, you know, playing last week. So uh, keep an eye on that one. If he's out, maybe this is finally the game where Tyler Boyd gets going a little bit. Uh, He hasn't been bad uh, in the two games without Green, but just hasn't had the target volume that we've been looking for. So maybe this is the game Boyd gets going. And, yeah, that's about it. I think you can play Mixon. He's certainly uh, viable. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Those are the guys I'm looking at.
1: Yeah. We'll see if Adrian green comes back and you know, warmed up for that last game. You know, knew he wasn't going to play, but you know, just the fact that they even tested him out is intriguing, but Tyler Boyd down to six K. I like that one, but I really like the running backs here. Chop, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, uh, two of my favorite uh, plays on the slate. They both feel a little bit too cheap, agree or disagree there. And then the thought on the rest of Cleveland and Cincinnati.
2: Uh, yeah, they, they do feel cheap. I, I agree with that. And they're definitely all playable. And, uh, You know, I was a little bit surprised. I mean, it's weird because we get caught up in the DFS and we don't really look at the real life stuff going on here, you know, outside of your favorite team. But Cincinnati's actually five and five and they are, I think if the playoffs started this week, they would be in the playoffs, but they seem so bad. Like their defense is so bad. They seem bad, but they're actually a playoff contending team. So it's pretty, pretty weird stuff right there. But that, that, I kind of think that leads this to be in a really good offensive game here, really sneaky. You mentioned the running backs. Joe Mixon is a great. I think Joe Mixon's great. I think if Green's out, Tyler Boyd will play well. He'll step up. Andy Dalton's been fine this year. Mayfield, solid. The running backs. Uh, Jarvis Landry's probably due to have a decent game, but then again, it's kind of who he is. You know, he's never been – he's always gotten lots of targets, never really gotten downfield very much, never made those targets count a lot except for an isolated game or two. So I'm not sure that that's the guy I, I might be in tournaments. I might be more interested in a Callaway coming back off the bye week, maybe a little bit healthier now and he can get downfield. So I think it's a good offensive game though.
1: A huge Jackson ball. There you <laughs> how, go. How, how is that going to factor in? You know, some people say, well, <laughs> well he knows. Exactly. Oh, that's a good point, man. <laughs> Like yeah, that, that, I mean, I don't think that's going to help Cincinnati at all, just because he knows what's going on. The guy is, doesn't know what's going on.
3: <laughs> yeah, he um, didn't know.
1: <laughs> I, I think maybe advantage Cleveland, just because they got rid of Hugh Jackson and put him on Cincinnati. So that that's that should be interesting as well. I'm sure we'll get about ten shots of Hugh Jackson on the sidelines in that one. So let's move on to our next game: Seattle and Carolina, guys. This should be a fun one in the NFC. A Carolina tough loss in Detroit. Uh, Seattle, you know they, they're still in the mix here, but a tough road draw here against Cam Newton and the Panthers. So, chop a lot of interesting options here. Just watching it as a football fan. What do you think for DFS and on DraftKings any must plays here in this game for you?
2: Uh, I don't see must plays. I'll start off on Seattle and say that I just haven't been a huge fan of what they've done this year, fantasy wise, offensively. So. Uh, I don't think that they can run. They've been really good with running the ball, but I don't think they're going to run the ball too much into the heart of this defense and get away with it. And I just don't think they're passing enough to to make it worth my while. I, I'll probably pass on the Seattle the Seattle side of things. It's a really low total anyway for them. Team total of only about twenty two right now. I can pass over there. Carolina at home, a must win game. Coming off that blown two-point call here against Detroit. I think they've got to win this game, and I think they're going to smoke Seattle here, so I think we could play McCaffrey. Cam is, like I said before, a good front runner, so I think they win. I think he has a good game. Uh, I'm going to pass on DJ Moore this week after that big week last week, and you know, it's tough to find a target with him. I just – I usually just prefer to pair him with McCaffrey, and that's it. Uh, Funches does – not really doing it much this year. Olsen doesn't have a ton of upside. So, Newton and McCaffrey are my guys here.
1: Our old all naked, Cam. And we talk about it all the time. You know, I, I agree on DJ Moore. I think a lot of people are going to run back to that. You know, it was great last week, you know, great option, paid off. But, you know, coming off that big game, I, I'm in agreement there. So, Derek, thoughts, Seattle and Carolina?
3: Yeah, make it three for three on the DJ Moore fade. You know, he's a guy that does a lot with a little in terms of target volume. But uh, when he's going to be chalky, uh, you don't mind fading him in tournaments because he's going to be volatile. You know, some weeks he'll pop off and score those long touchdowns, and other weeks uh, he won't. You know, after his big game against the Ravens, and everyone had him against the Bucs, and he put up a dud, and he put up another dud against the Steelers. So, uh, yeah, uh, those volatile players, you want to play them when they're low-owned and uh, fade them when they're high-owned. Uh, Cam Newton just continues to get it done each and every week. Uh, seems like he goes three quarters without doing much. And then all of a sudden you look up and he's got 25 fantasy points again. So certainly don't mind him at home. This isn't the best game environment, I would say. Um, the total feels a little bit high, uh, honestly, at 47. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe look to to Cam and, and McCaffrey. Certainly don't hate them, but probably not going to be core plays for me. In Seattle, they want to run the ball. Uh, we saw Chris Carson pick up right where he left off. Uh, 83 yards and a touchdown but he only has two targets in the last four games so on a side like uh, DraftKings with the PPR scoring you don't really want to you know target those kind of running backs that are so touchdown dependent and Wilson just isn't throwing the ball enough for me so uh, uh, yeah pretty much a fade uh, on the on Seattle side.
1: Yeah I don't have much on Seattle either and Cam what, what's the rules don't watch the game Just just look at the 25 fantasy points at the end of the game but the spread seemed kind of low here, so a little fishy. You know, Carolina only three-point favorites at home. That's basically Vegas telling you these two teams are even, and we're going to give Carolina the three points for being at home. So something seems off on that line and not a game I'm overly excited about. And speaking of not overly excited about Derek, <laughs> your Jags, boy. I don't know how the hell they lost that game. Give up 14 points right at the end of Pittsburgh. But now they go on the road to Buffalo, very low total in this game. This should not take long, unless you guys are seeing something I'm not seeing. I don't have much here for Jacksonville and Buffalo.
3: Yeah, I mean, that was the best three quarters of the season as a Jags fan. And then uh, (laughs) the fourth quarter was just pretty much uh, what the rest of the season has been like. Uh, You know, they played good defense, and they were running the ball. Fournette had 28 carries. Uh, Their offense pretty much moving forward is just going to be pound the rock to Fournette. So 6,700 for a guy that may see 25 touches against the Bills. Sign me up for that. Uh, outside of Fournette and you know maybe the Jags' defense, I, I don't think you want to play anybody in this game.
1: Chop, quick hitter here. I'm sure this isn't going to take you long. Jags, Bills.
2: Yeah, um, there's a pretty good chance Jacksonville blew that game last week because Dean was in the stands in a full UCF, <laughs> UCF sweatshirt and, and church slacks rooting on the Jaguars.
1: Oh, I saw that picture. <laughs> you got one guy without a shirt. You got Dean in full winter gear. Dan with the Miller Lite, I mean, there was a lot going on there. But... A lot
2: going on, but I would say uh, <laughs> basically the only guy I have any interest in this game is Fournette, who they are going to pound into this line as much as they can.
1: Yeah, and the Jags D, it's priced up to 4000 I mean, there's 600 more than any other D on the, on the whole slate here. So it, it's an intriguing matchup. They played well. I, I don't know that I could pay that $4,000 price. I guess you could pair them with Fournette, but that's pretty much it for me. No need to spend any more time. On that one, let's go to the next one. Oakland and Baltimore here, Chop. So, Oakland went to Arizona and got it done. You know, we keep saying they don't want to win games, but that shows you how bad Arizona is when Oakland doesn't even want to win the game and they still win and get it done. Baltimore, on the other hand, Lamar Jackson. You know, we got to look at this. Is it going to be Flacco? Is it going to be Jackson? Is he going to get 27 carries again? And then Gus Edwards was a big story here that's kind of going overlooked, you know, kind of seized control of that backfield. So, Parse through all this chop. There's a lot to get to, especially on the Baltimore side. Thoughts here, Ravens and Raiders?
2: Well, the first quick thought is I can fade everything Oakland has. I can just fade it. I'm not worried about Oakland's side of it. On the Baltimore side, it's troubling to me that the Lamar Jackson donkeys are going to get there again because of the matchup. Two games for Lamar Jackson is going to be the two premier matchups you can possibly get more than you know outside – at least the top handful of defenses that you want to face in Oakland. And Cincinnati are, are two of them, and that's who he gets. So the shocking thing to me last week was the Gus Edwards emergence. I just bumped Alex Collins out, but I don't think I've seen enough. I think I've seen enough of uh, what they do in Baltimore to know that I can't trust anybody that, they think is, that you think is going to be the number one guy. It's perfectly fine to fade the Gus Edwards train. You just never know uh, what they're planning on doing. But with Lamar Jackson, if he's under center, I have no interest in John Brown or Michael Crabtree or any pass catcher. He is not – he's not ready to pass in the big leagues yet.
1: Yeah, and I can't see him give him 27 carries again. game. I mean, that's the most by a quarterback, I believe, in the last 50, 60 years or something crazy. So, I have the same thoughts on Edwards. I mean, he looked good in the preseason when he's gotten his opportunities. He's looked good. You can tell. Young guy, hungry, trying to prove a point. I don't think they just stick Alex Collins on the bench. So – it's, it's always going to be a multi-back system there. I think Edwards is going to be a guy a lot of people go to, home favorite here. Uh, I have more concerns than, than things I feel good about there. Derek, thoughts there? You know, running running back situation for Baltimore, Lamar Jackson, any interest in the Oakland side?
3: Yeah, Gus Edwards. That was not fun watching that uh, game by or play-by-play play, uh, on my little phone over here. I had a ton of Alex Collins last week. Scored the touchdown early, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. I think they rushed for like 400 yards as a team, and he had 17 of them. Um, but yeah, like you guys mentioned, you just don't trust anyone as their number one unless they come out and say Edwards is going to handle the bulk of the snaps. And then I would probably just going to be fading that uh, completely. And Lamar Jackson, I think you can play him. I mean, if he gets 10 carries against the Raiders, he's got a good chance of getting 100 yards. He could easily break off a long one. Uh, he didn't really have any, you know, really long runs, uh, you know, in that game last week. So I think you can play him at 5700. I like his chances to get to that uh, 100 yard rushing bonus, and against his defense, I man, he can get it going through the air a little bit too. Maybe they'll take some shots downfield. Uh, and yeah, I agree with you guys. Play the Ravens defense and avoid all things Raiders. There
1: we go. Let's move on to a better game. Here we got San Francisco and Tampa Bay. Big total in this one, guys. 55. You know, open at 54 has already been bet up a little bit. Uh, one of the biggest totals on the week outside of that Atlanta New Orleans game. This is the game. So on the main slate. I think this is the one most people will be focusing on Tampa Bay pick a damn quarterback already. Like what, what, what is this shit every week? It, nope. This guy, nope. The other guy, like, is there any bigger circus right now? We love to make fun of Cleveland, Hugh Jackson. I know he's gone, but is there a bigger circus right now than Tampa Bay Derek? I mean, their Cutter's gotta go.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's bad, but these quarterbacks continue to put up numbers. Uh, you know, sometimes it's only a half each, but yeah, right, so do we you... play
1: Fitzpatrick this week? because yeah, he's gonna come in at halftime after Winston throws three picks. Is that Sheep, the play?
3: They they gotta give uh <laughs> they gotta give Winston the full star, right? I mean, maybe pull him next game.
1: I mean, I I can't make any rational decisions yeah. from what they're doing. So I, I have no idea.
3: Like, I love the offense. I love uh, you know, the, their scoring ability. They continue to put up points and you know rack up yards, so I do like Winston. I wouldn't touch him in a cash game setting because, yeah, he could always get pulled if he uh, you know, throws a couple picks or whatever. But if you combine the production of these two quarterbacks, uh, it's right up there with, like, Mahomes and Breeze and those guys uh, for the season. So there is a lot of upside. Great matchup against the Niners. They're playing at home. They're projected to score close to 30 points. They can't really run the ball. How do you not like, you know, this passing game? And if you don't trust the quarterbacks, maybe you just play the receivers – uh, you got Evans and uh, Deshaun Jackson, Godwin, Humphreys. And uh, if O.J. Howard's unable to go, then you can definitely look at Cameron Brate. I believe it's Winston that likes to throw Bray, right? Yep, that's his boy. So uh, I think that's a good play this week. And for the Niners, yeah, somebody's got to score their uh, their points here. I always like Kittle uh, at, at tight end, but paying up at, at that position is kind of tough, especially – on DraftKings, I uh, don't really want to play Mullins at 5,400 when you have you know, Lamar Jackson a little bit more expensive, Winston only a little bit more expensive. Maybe this is the, the Matt Breida game, uh, rushed for over 100 yards in his last game. He's always been you know, a very good pass-catching running back, or at least capable of it. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to like in this game. You can stack it a number of different ways, and unlike most, I probably will be playing a lot of Jameis.
0: Yeah, I
1: agree. It's hard not to play the offense. I mean, if you could combine those two quarterbacks or roster them both somehow, then I'd feel better about it. But I love the break call. Jay Howard dealing with an injury uh, apparently got some good news, but getting a second opinion on that injury. So it doesn't sound great. And that, that would put Brady in almost must play territory if Howard is out. You know, if he's in kind of a murky situation. And Brady's the guy I want from, from San Francisco on the other side. And they're going to score some points. I think a lot of people are going to go to Mullins and Kittle. And and Goodwin, but you know, I like Matt Parita there pretty nice price on DraftKings Chop. Thoughts here? The Tampa Bay Circus, Winston, Fitzpatrick, and the rest of this game forty ers and bucks.
2: Yeah, this is a good fantasy gold mine right here. As far as uh, Winston, I don't know why they would ever why they ever went back to Fitzpatrick in the first place. He's awesome. like a fifteen year <laughs> veteran and <laughs> Like, at least, I mean, you don't have much. If even if you don't think you have much in Winston, at least give. I mean, you have no real choice but to let him ride this thing out. Maybe even amp up his trade value or something. I don't know, but I think there's fantasy goodness all over here. Uh, Winston Evans is my preferred target there. Cameron Braid, obviously, they have everything you guys said except for. Uh, I would go over to the other side and say, yeah, I like Brietta. I'll play Mullins at 54, unlike Derek. I know. I'm, I'm not as big of a believer in Lamar Jackson, but I would play Mullins. Uh, Goodwin, I think, has potential here. And the big one, Kittle, man. Kittle leads all receivers, period, in yards after the catch. Like, that's crazy for a tight end to be that good after the catch. And it makes sense because every time I look up, the guy's taking a 75-yarder to the house. So uh, Kittle, man, I think that's an elite tight end on a, on a short slate here.
1: Yeah, and especially against Tampa Bay. I mean, they've struggled all season long against tight ends. and They've given up the fourth most fantasy points now, but for most of the season, they were number one. You know, give up a ton of yardage to the position. So I think Kittle definitely a lock and load for the 49ers. All right, next game, NFC East battle Giants and Eagles. Third and wrong, dude. Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, that was just a debacle there. I figured they'd at least stay competitive in that game, even if not. You know, I was counting on some garbage times there and just ruined a lot of good lineups with Carson Wentz, unfortunately. But now gets a home game with the Giants here, Chop. So do they bounce back? Do you think there'll be recency bias on this offense? The other name I'm really interested in, Josh Adams. You know, look to see his control of that backfield. He is super cheap here in a good matchup. Very intriguing on DraftKings at just 3,800.
2: Yeah, they have to bounce back. I mean, we're looking at it saying, well, they don't have much of a chance. They're pretty much a – but as a player, they're not looking at it like, well, we don't have much of a chance. They're looking – they're going to fight to the day that they're technically eliminated from the playoffs. So they have to bounce back. This is a must-win game by every stretch, not only because of who they're playing, where they're playing, but the records also. So, yeah, I think they're definitely going to bounce back strong here. Uh, I think you mentioned the guy that I'm going to have most interest in, Josh Adams, finally taking control, the most talented running back on that roster right now. So uh, at home as a favorite against the Giants team that, man, if things start going south for them in a game, I think they'll roll over. I think this is a good spot for Josh Adams. You could obviously always come back with Ertz, uh, one of the other receivers, and then Carson Wentz. But I think Josh Adams is my preferred play here. On the flip side, man, about the only thing I would even entertain is uh, Saquon Barkley because he can get out of the backfield and catch passes. But there's no way Eli is going to uh, pick apart this defense. He's just – Eli's just not good. I think they'll have pressure on him. I think it'll limit his ability to get it to Odell and Sterling. So, Saquon's about the only thing I can even think about on the Giants side.
1: I'm a little more optimistic about Odell. Yeah. I mean, that secondary is, is beat up, man. They're, they're just missing pieces. I mean, the point of, of the pass rush is valid. But you know, Eli could throw a little duck out there, and then Odell can take it to the house. So uh, I'm always interested in Odell uh, in Saquon. You've you got to pay a pretty penny for him. But, again, Derek, your thoughts here on those guys, uh, Josh Adams, and then do we go back to Carson Wentz? Do we go back to Zach Hertz? Do you think those guys bounce back here in this game?
3: Yeah, even though I don't want to trust Eli, give me all the Odell in this one. The Eagles just signing guys off the street to come in and play cornerback. Uh, I think he should absolutely smash in this one. And it's a game where they're going to be trailing. So maybe we can uh, pencil him in for you know, 10 to 12 targets. You know, I only saw four last week. Made the most of them for sure. 74 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they also gave him a rushing attempt. They've been doing that a little bit more the last few weeks. So I love Odell. And Saquon obviously deserves to be the number one running back in the main slate. Uh, he just... It's hard for him to have a bad game because he's going to get a ton of carries and then a ton of targets as well. So I like those two. And then you can bring it back. I like the Josh Adams call quite a bit. His snap count continues to rise. 3800 is a really good price point. This is a game where they should be playing from ahead. So i got to like the game script. Not too interested in the receivers just because Golden Tate, they're still trying to work him in. Uh, Alshon, you know, maybe he'll get uh, Janoris Jenkins. Is he still? Is Jenkins still healthy?
1: Not sure. Uh, yeah. hmm,
3: sounds good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll find out and, here, though.
3: Maybe it's the Ertz bounce-back game. Um, but I really like uh, the Giants guys here. I think you can game-stack it, uh, take the two Giants, play uh, Adams and Ertz, and you know be, be off to the races.
1: Looks like Jenkins is fine, but that's not, not a guy I'm worried about. So I pretty much in agreement. The big names here, Josh Adams for value, and I will go back to Wentz and Ertz uh, against this team. All right, next game for us, New New England and New York Jets at home. New England, I think everybody's going to write them off, you know, off that loss to Tennessee. But coming off a bye week, we know this team's going to come out and do well and probably smash in this spot. Is this a spot where we get New England probably loaned, probably ignored here, and then where's your interest level in them and then any interest in the Jets side of things?
3: Yeah, I definitely expect the Patriots to bounce back in a big way, especially coming off of the bye. Sounds like Gronk's going to be, you know, healthy enough to to be in the lineup. So I expect their offense to play pretty well. I just don't know where I want to go. Uh, it could be a you know run heavy game game plan with uh, Sonny Michelle. Uh, we could see James White getting a lot of work uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, but he's seventy four hundred. I have a hard time you know paying that much for a guy that doesn't see more than forty to fifty percent of the snaps. And the receivers, I mean, I want to play Josh Gordon. I uh, had a ton of targets, twelve targets, uh, and I believe he's led all receivers in air yards over the last three or four weeks. So I do think he has some uh, GPP type of winning, or GPP winning type of upside. But outside of Gordon, I just don't really want to trust anyone on the Patriots' offense. And then for the Jets, kind of the same thing. I don't know who to play here, and maybe this is Elijah McGuire uh, type of game where they're going to be trailing and uh, he can get some pass past game involvement, but for the most part, I don't have much interest in the Jets.
1: Yeah, it's kind of where I'm at. You know, I'm expecting New England, like I said, to bounce back and play well. But who do we target? Who's the who's the primary focus? Love that price on Sony Michelle. I think I'll take a look at him. But Tom Brady chop—that's a hard button to push these days.
2: Yeah, no dice. I can't do it. Uh, I'm in grants, maybe a little Sony Michelle. I'll pass on the James White. The the price tag is is such like. He's priced as if Michelle was still out, and that price has got to drop a lot for me to get back on James White now with Michelle healthy. Uh, Gordon and Edelman, I'm, I'm fine with either one of those guys, and yeah, I'm out on Gronk and all those guys. And the Jets, for me, that's just a fade. I don't really see too many avenues to them scoring a ton of points in this game, not with New England coming off of a bye week, so I'll pass on that offense.
1: All right, let's move on to the afternoon games. We'll start out with Arizona and the Chargers. Chargers, obviously, big favorites here against Arizona, so sets up as a potentially good script for Melvin Gordon, but Chop, do you worry about that? If the game gets out of hand, maybe it's an Austin Eckler game. Uh, Thoughts here, Chargers, big favorites against the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, it worries me a lot. Arizona showed their true colors and how bad they are by losing at home to Oakland. That's that's unacceptable. If we're being honest about it, so yeah, this could be a major blow. Especially with LA losing the way they did last week, they're going to be very very angry, and uh, they won't let they won't let a slip up like that happen again. This this could be a, a thrashing, but I, I would love love me some uh, Melvin Gordon if I think it's going to stay close enough through three quarters that he's not going to get pulled in the fourth, which that's fine. Melvin Gordon, uh, Keenan Allen would be if I had a preferred target in the passing game, Keenan Allen, because um, so much in the slot that maybe he doesn't draw the Peterson coverage, but uh, he's, you know, for this kind of a game, it's, there's not a lot of easy sales here on the LA chargers offense, but Arizona, this is a tough spot. I'm not going to go David Johnson. And I don't think I can mess around with those pass catchers. This L.A. defense is a little bit better than the Oakland defense, and they barely got there against Oakland. So I don't think they go on the road and get there against L.A.
1: Yeah, I could see people just kind of justifying David Johnson. Well, he did well as big underdogs in Kansas City. Well, that's Kansas City defense that that's, you know, very bad against running backs, where the Chargers, not so much. So Derek, hit on Arizona. Any interest in David Johnson? The price is up. Uh, coming off some decent games, and then – the Chargers, do we load up on them or do we worry about the blowout here?
3: Yeah, is it time to finally write Ricky Sills-Jones off for the rest of the year?
1: I, I hope so. <laughs>
3: Gosh, man, this guy just keeps – keeps. Uh, I just keep going back to him. and it It's not yeah, working he, out. He's, he's running all those routes though, guys. <laughs> and air yards. <laughs>
2: air, yards. air yards. Come on, Josh, ADHD. Oh. Get us some real air yards. We need the Ricky Sills-Jones air yards with the asterisk <laughs> by it. These asterisk, these air yards don't mean shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, every air yard is not created equally.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Not a lot to like for Arizona. Don't really want to pay that uh, premium for David Johnson. I'm a huge fan of his, uh, and he's been very good with Byron Leftwich as offensive coordinator. But uh, this is a game where I just see them getting down. Uh, but anytime I expect the Chargers to just come out and, uh, you know, put the beat down on somebody, they somehow get down like two touchdowns and then it's just the River show for three straight quarters. So I hope that doesn't happen here because I don't really want to play Rivers in the passing game. I agree with Chop that Keenan Allen's probably the guy you want to target uh, from the receivers because he's going to probably avoid Patrick Peterson for most of the day. And, yeah, I think it's a Melvin Gordon game. You certainly look at him. Uh, but he's probably going to be the only exposure to that have to the Chargers, which uh, is a little scary given how bad Arizona's been.
1: All right, next game for us, we got Miami and Indianapolis. The Colts playing very well, Derek. You know, just continue to get it done, continue putting points on the board. I, I think T.Y. Hilton is going to be a very popular option coming off of last week in the big game. So let's start with that. What do you do with T.Y. Hilton in this matchup? And then Miami, can we trust anything? You know, Ryan Tannehill apparently coming back this week, but it's an offense I'm struggling to find anything of interest here in this game against the Colts.
3: Yeah, my first, second, third, and fourth and wrong. Uh, We're all on the Titans, uh, not being able to score anything against the Colts last week. Uh, Way too much Deion Lewis and Corey Davis. Uh, But this is still a defense that has been shredded uh, in like three of the last four games. Uh, It's indoors, so maybe we can have some interest in uh, Miami. The problem is who do you go to Tannehill is gonna start so you know maybe that's a slight bump to the receivers but i don't really know if i want to mess around with that especially in this big slate maybe if you're playing the afternoon slate you could take a shot on some of these cheap receivers but yeah it's just tough it's tough it's tough Uh, for the colts i think it could be a good marlon Mack game Uh, he continues to see big workload and he's pretty involved uh, in the passing game as well i can get all the the goal line work so i think it's a good spot for him at 5500 T.Y. Hilton, always in play indoors at home. Uh, we talk about that a lot here on the pod. He finally broke out with that big game last week. And Jack Doyle, eventually he's going to have that big week.
1: Uh, maybe this is it. Chop, thoughts here, Dolphins and Colts.
2: Colts. Uh, I'm a big T.Y. fan. I've always been a big T.Y. fan in fantasy, but I totally – that one somehow slid under my radar last week. I did not, I did not catch a big T.Y. game coming, and I paid for it by not having enough of him. So that's unfortunate. This is a fine matchup. We could roll back to T.Y. My favorite play in the whole game, Marlon Mack. He's getting lots of work. Decent price tag at home. A favorite. Big favorite, actually. So I like me some Marlon Mack this week. On the flip sides, with Tanny Hill starting, I think it kind of brings some of these other guys, these receivers back in play. I think you could take a shot on a Kenny Stills or a Parker, depending on who's healthy and who's not. And and uh just a tournament shot. That's about it. But uh, – Otherwise, yeah, that's that's all there is there, man.
1: I'm in agreement on Matt. I love Marlon Mack here. You know, a lot of people are going to go to luck. Good reason. TY, like I said, people go back there. That'll be good leverage on Marlon Mack. Too cheap, great matchup. Getting the touches. The offense has been productive. The offensive line playing well. So he's one of my favorite running backs on the slate in that mid-range. All right, let's wrap up the main slate here, Chop. Pittsburgh. And Denver, Steelers obviously went into Jacksonville. Sorry, Derek, and got the job done. Now on the road again here playing a Denver team that shocked the Chargers. So they're coming in with some confidence. Uh, should be a good matchup here, Steelers and Broncos.
2: Uh, Big Ben, not usually my choice of quarterback, so I probably wouldn't. I'm, I'm probably passing on him, but and he's, I guess he's okay. He mixes in with everybody. He doesn't stand out to me. Uh, James Conner's okay. Antonio Brown, matchup proof, would be my favorite target in the game. Price tag's pretty big, though. Juju's price tag creeped way up there. Obviously a good player, but, I mean, maybe Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald is in play this week. Uh, On the other side, Pittsburgh's defense is kind of tough. I don't know how much I could trust Case Keenum, either one of these two running backs. It's just a really tough spot to trust Denver in here, even though they're at home. They're coming off a big emotional win. There's got to be a little bit of a letdown here. Uh, I just don't have a lot of interest. I just don't have a lot of interest in that Denver offense.
1: Yeah, I mean, Philip Lindsay has been great, but he's, he's doing it on limited touches. I mean, that's the worry. I mean, he's had some big games, but it's not like he's getting 20 carries, especially with Royce Freeman back. So as much as I want to go back to that, well, 5,600 looks like a good price. I'd much rather play a Marlon Mack. And James Conner, I think that's an interesting bounce back here, 7,800 against this team feels a bit too cheap. So, Derek, thoughts here? Wrap us up on the main slate, Steelers and Broncos.
3: Yeah, James Conner bounce-back week. We're getting him at a pretty nice discount here. Uh, dropped a touchdown last week. Well, uh, would have been a touchdown last week against the Jaguars. think a lot of people will be off of him. I love the spot for him, you know. But before the last two games, we were just pounding him in at, you know, we were smashing Conner, like we talked about early in the season, at 9K, and now he's only 7,800. Pretty good matchup against the Broncos, so uh, I'll be going to James Conner. Don't mind Antonio Brown, but I'd rather pay a hundred dollars more for Odell. So naturally, not going to have a ton of exposure to him. Uh, I think you guys made some good points on Philip Lindsay. You know, he's just relying on extreme efficiency given uh, his snap count and his touch share right now. Fifty-six hundred. Just go to Marlon Mack at a similar price point. Uh, maybe this is the Corland Sun game. I keep playing him, keep being a little bit disappointed, but you know they're going to be trailing. They're playing at home, so maybe this is the game that he gets going a little bit.
1: All right, let's move on to Sunday night football: Green Bay and Minnesota. We don't have the showdown pricing, but we'll analyze the game and pretend that we do. So let's just talk about guys we like here, Derek. Uh, Green Bay, obviously struggling. You know, struggling on the road. I think this is a very tough spot. Aaron Rodgers has generally not played well uh, in Minnesota, so for me. This is more of a spot to load up on the Vikings, Diggs, Thielen, Cook. I like all these guys here. So your thoughts, Packers and Vikings.
3: Yeah, I'm hoping that this flies under the radar. Davin Cook played 88% of the snaps uh, last week, which was a lot more than I was expecting. You know, we were kind of expecting 50-50 with him and Latavius. So uh, if that continues this week, he should smash at home against the Packers. Uh, should be pretty decently priced, I would guess, after you know, kind of a poor game against the Bears. So, I love Dalvin Cook here, probably going to be my captain in that showdown slate. And uh, don't mind going to you know, some of these secondary receivers, maybe it's a bounce back spot for Valdez Scantling. I know Adams can win in any matchup, but he'll probably be matched up against Xavier Rhodes. Adam Thielen's kind of been quiet the last couple weeks, maybe he bounces back in a big way. Um, the Steph Diggs play. Finally paid off for us. I mean, we've been talking about him all year, and he's had uh, you know two of his best games of the season in, the last, in his last two outings. So, lots of like here. Um, just going to have to wait and see what the pricing looks like. I do think
1: this is a spot where you can maybe
3: play Minnesota's defense um, in that showdown slate.
1: Our, our patience has paid off on Diggs, Chot. <laughs> we, we've been waiting. It only took 10 weeks. But like Derek said, but finally playing well. So, I'm definitely willing to go back to that well. But, again, it's all Minnesota for me. Interest level on the Green Bay side here.
2: I mean, this is all – I can't give anything definitive until we see the pricing because this is a showdown slate. It's going to be all based on pricing. These two teams are – like both of these quarterbacks, solid. Like Derek just said about Cook, both running backs, solid. On one side, you have two great receivers. On the other side, you have one great receiver. They're all in play. I just got to see where I can squeeze them in based on pricing, which we don't have yet, but – this is going to be a nice offensive game, Minnesota's defense. Uh, just not the same as it has been the past couple years. Chicago moved the ball very well on them. And uh, Green Bay a lot better than Chicago offensively with Aaron Rodgers there. So, well, okay, let me preface. Aaron Rodgers is a lot better than Trubisky. The systems are what separates the two teams. One's Mike McCarthy. The other is, is Matt Nagy. So, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a nice offensive shootout. I just need to see the pricing so I can piece these guys in there together.
1: All right, let's finish up here. Monday Night Football, Tennessee and Houston. Uh, the big story here, obviously, Marcus Mariota. We'll see if he plays or not. So we don't really have a line, but one total I saw was 41. So, Chop, we go from a 63 to a 41. Dig us some plays out of Tennessee and Houston.
2: Houston at home, won seven straight games. I think they've won seven straight games this year. Tennessee has shown a lot of vulnerability uh, in that Indianapolis game. Deshaun Watson will pick them apart at home. Uh, QT back, looks healthy QT and Hopkins are fine uh, Again, I don't play Lamar Miller anymore So I'm out on that one And Mariota, he, that, that's where you gotta wait and see that news If he plays, I think Corey Davis is in play Joe New Smith is in play Deion Lewis is in play If Mariota doesn't play, this offense is in trouble, man And I think you could get away on a showdown slate With taking one guy from that offense And having your other five players be from Houston
1: Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. Let's not forget Tennessee gives up a lot of big plays. So, Kuti comes to mind. Maybe Demaryius Thomas bounces back after a bad game. But uh, it's all Houston for me in this one. Derek, wrap us up here, Houston and Tennessee.
3: I might be in the minority, but I kind of like these ugly games for the showdown slates. You know, when we have, like, the Rams and Chiefs, it's hard to make a bad lineup. You can pretty much just pick whoever you want. and You know, pretty pretty good chance that you're going to have a good lineup. And these things, you kind of have to dig a little deeper, uh, take some chances. So I think uh, I agree with you guys. Houston definitely going to be the the better side to target here. Um, Demarius Thomas, not sure what happened to him, man. Didn't get a single catch, only had one target last week, so you definitely want to avoid that. Uh, Hopkins, Cutie, and Deshaun Watson going to be the three that I look to there. And then when it comes to Tennessee, it depends on who's going to be a quarterback. If it ends up being Blaine Gabbert, then you can look to – uh, Tajay Sharp, uh, he had seven targets in the game the other day. Most of them came from Blaine Gabbard. He kind of looked to him, uh, you know, pretty often, especially there in that second half. So, I think he could be an interesting uh, value play and Deion Lewis just continues to get more snaps uh, and work than Derrick Henry. Eventually that's going to pay off, so he's going to be uh, the preferred running back on my side.
1: Yeah, I'm going to keep going back to that. Well, eventually it's going to work out here with, with Deion Lewis. But that'll wrap us up, guys, for part two of the DFS OG's podcast. Guys, any final thoughts, bold calls, anything you want to hit on before we get out of here? Derek.
3: Uh I will say Odell goes – 150 and two touchdowns, and good luck this week, everybody. There we go. Chop, any
1: final thoughts, bold calls? What do you got?
2: No bold calls. I would just say, first off, uh, another loss in my season long, so chalk that one up. Uh, (laughs) But but, uh, we are now chugging along in 2018. Next stop, Christmas, baby
1: go christmas on board so hopefully you had a good thanksgiving good luck this week guys or forehead chopper i am beers and salo best of luck and we'll see you right back here next week thanks for listening everybody